Welcome to another edition of the Smart Podcast, SMRT podcast that is sports medicine and related topics. I'm your host, Chris Raby, along with Dr. Jason Young. Dr. Young, a great orthopedic surgeon here in St. Louis. You can go to his website, jasonpyoungmd.com, and of course, find him at Advanced Orthopedics at 8225 Clayton Road here in St. Louis. This week, we welcome in Jeff Brockus from Fuel Strength and Wellness Studio, a certified professional fitness trainer and and one of the only practitioners in St. Louis to utilize specific advanced testing methods. We're excited to chat with Jeff, learn more about what he does, what they do at Fuel Strength and Wellness Studio, and bring you another edition of the podcast. As always, if you have questions, feedback, requests, email us, smrtpodcast at gmail.com. That's smrtpodcast at gmail.com. And away we go. Work it, make it, do it, make sense, harder, better, faster, stronger. Work it, harder, make it, better, do it, faster, make sense, stronger, more than ever, hour after hour, work is never over. Not, not, not that that don't kill me, can only make me stronger. <laughs> it, it is the smart podcast, Chris Raby and Dr. Jason Young with you. Once again, and looking forward to bringing in folks from the community and having some great conversations. And uh, Doc, I'll say before we get started, uh, we had a great time chatting with your dad. Looking forward to bringing some conversations to folks, talking to uh, people and professionals here in St. Louis, but also throughout the country. So looking forward to, uh, to a lot of these chats. Thanks for hosting. Tell me a little bit about, uh, again, j- just kind of to reset, why some of these conversations and why personalities uh, of some of the folks in the community, some of your peers, some of your contemporaries, why does that interest you? Being on the sidelines as a parent now and um, having the uh, pleasure of interacting with folks, I'm constantly uh, fielding questions uh, regarding conditioning and training and injury prevention and and various aspects of what I do in the sports medicine realm. And so I just... uh, um, Thought that it was a this would be a great resource for folks who are uh, looking for a training edge or a conditioning edge or, or perhaps for their youngster, uh, trying to help them um, navigate the sports realm. And so we're going to bring on folks of all different varieties and and talk about all things sports medicine. All right, JasonPYoungMD.com is your website, and of course, Advanced Orthopedics. Here in St. Louis, and it's great to welcome in one of our first guests on the Smart Podcast. It's Jeff Brockus from Fuel in Clayton, right down the street from you guys. How are you, Jeff? Thanks for coming in. Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. First of all, Jason, tell me a little bit about how you guys know each other, your relationship with Jeff. Yeah, Jeff and I uh, uh, met uh, when I moved into to Clayton. Um, I started doing some research and, and chatting with, uh, with folks. One of the hardest things in, in my field is we, we will often see folks who are injured and, and undergo a surgery or, or even a physical therapy. And then a lot of those folks come back to our office and they want to take it. They want to take their conditioning to the next level. And there's a gap there because they go from using their insurance plan and going to physical therapy and and then the next thing you know, they, they, they're discharged from there because they're out of visits. And so I was uh, interested in finding someone who I uh, could trust with the sort of tailored 
personal training uh, regimen. There's all too often uh, folks go to a gym and they sign up for a, a class and the class is not geared towards them or, or what Especially this time of year, right? Absolutely. The New Year's resolution um, brings many people into the office with knee pain and back pain because oftentimes, you know, the, the, the methodology of the trainers or just the fact that it's a group setting and they can't, they can't personalize it. And so Jeff and I had several discussions about that. And, and so, uh, you know, that, that's one of the things that uh, we think alike when it comes to injury prevention and, and doing the strength and conditioning in the right way. Jeff, I want to talk uh, about fuel, but but give us first a little bit about your background, where you're from, how you got into the industry, and what has uh, eventually led you down the path to to fuel in Clayton. Absolutely, um, from St. Louis, uh, right around the area my whole life. Um, always been interested in uh, fitness, health, things like that. I started off actually cooking in restaurants, and and. Uh, Obviously, I really like to cook, but uh, the schedule's kind of rough, and I didn't get to do everything that I love to do, and uh, thought it's time to make a change. So I started doing this here, worked the front desk at a gym, and I literally got paid to study. Wow. I mean, it was fantastic. I checked people in. Um, it wasn't that busy of a gym, and that's what kind of starved me, and I, I've always really had a passion for learning and uh, wanting to know all the whys instead of just hearing people's uh, ideas and their uh, um, thoughts, I guess. So... What got me into the field is pretty interesting. There's a there's a book uh, by uh, Bill Phillips that came out, Body for Life, uh, I guess around 20 years ago, approximately now. And uh, never had a trainer. I was young, didn't make a lot of money, and I was working at a gym. And the guy who I didn't know this was a the, the guy that was a trainer there, and everybody went to him. And I was like, Hey, can you write me a plan? And uh, he said, Sure, and take me through a workout. That one hour la- that one hour workout lasted three hours. At the end of the workout, he asked me to work for him. Because I wanted to know all the reasons why and everything like that. He was actually one of the ones that won the contest here in St. Louis. So a super nice guy. And that right there is what stemmed it. And uh, I started working the front desk uh, on the hours that I didn't work at the restaurant. And I just kept building and building and building and just learning and learning. And uh, uh, it just exploded. Super uh, grateful. Everything's been absolutely amazing. And uh, my ultimate dream is to one day figure out a way to get paid to study. So that's honestly like the story that you hear from people in in any industry. Like with me with radio, it's like I was doing an unpaid internship at a radio station in Chicago. Like you just try to get your foot in the door. You were burning the candle at both ends and literally working at the front desk of of a gym. Mm -hmm. You go and work out with a guy. It turns out to be a workout and a job interview. Yeah. Yep. And actually that the caveat to that is that didn't didn't work out. He had an idea to build a business off of it. That didn't work out, but that kind of got me started. Yeah. So, uh, it, uh, well, you get that, you get that fire that lights inside you, and then it, you know, you're just, you're just passionate about it. And that's what I, that's what I love about what Jeff does. He just, he just super passionate about it. And, and, uh, and everybody that goes over there and, and works with him just, uh, sings his praises because he, he really puts a lot of thought into each individual's program Mm -hmm. so what's the timeline and the process then from getting your foot in the door starting to become integrated into that community here in st louis and again you're working at the front desk and learning about the industry i imagine it's not overnight that you're owning and operating your own place so how does that happen and, and what was that path like 
So as most trainers uh, that I guess can look at this as either a job or a career, if you look at it career-minded, you try to pick up clients and work everywhere you can right. to build a business. And I was doing that. I worked the front desk. I got asked to work at Bally's uh, when it was around. They had a no-compete, but the director, I went to a course there. We had a conversation, and he uh, he said he'd waive that and let me work at his uh, – stu- he would like me to work for their uh, gym. And literally, I worked at a couple other gyms. We kept building and building and building. And then I cons- consolidated down to uh, another gym in Clayton. And uh, kind of what led me to do this, because the joke was I never wanted to do my own thing. I loved going home and taking a nap. <laughs> it was great. See people, help them, and I get a little time to myself. But I could never get anybody on board to do something that was all-encompassing for a client. It's great to work out, but how should you work out? Are they ready to work out? What type of workout should they do? Well, you got to do testing. you got to identify what their background is, what their injuries are. And uh, after trying and trying and trying, it just never uh, succeeded. And uh, that's when I said, you know what? i got to do something. And that was, uh, I've been at Fuel for about four and a half years now. And um, I've been a strength coach for around, uh, I think, uh, 17 and a half years. So literally 12 years I was driving around from gym to gym. I remember sitting at the park waiting for clients you know, to come home to see them in their house, just waiting and just reading. And uh, that's kind of that, that's the timeline. That's it. Just a lot, of, a lot of this and that before it all worked out. A lot of grinding. Yep. A lot yep. of passion. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know that one of the things, uh, too, Doc, that – um, in some of these conversations that we've had uh, and, and some of the things I know that, that Jeff does is he's doing things differently. It's not run-of-the-mill. It's not – and, again, I understand that different – again, like in any industry, different places have different functions. If you go to a big chain gym and your goals are one thing that's different than uh, what someplace like Jeff and, and the specialization can offer. But what is it about – in this field, the kind of things that, that Jeff offers that gets you excited? Well, you know, being around folks who, who have injuries and just being around athletes in general. I mean, I remember when I spent time with the, with the Broncos and in, in Rockies in Colorado and it's always fascinated by the fact that you, you looked at, you, you could look across the lines of the various types of athletes you would see. And, and, and some of these guys were just made of something different. They didn't necessarily work harder or anything, but they, they, they were lucky enough to not get injured. And I always scratched my head. I said, you know, why, you know, why does player A never get hurt? Player B is doing the same stuff, eating the same thing, working out the same way. And, and you know, he's, he's in the training room all the time. And so, you know, what, what it boils down to is we're all made of different stuff. And, and I think that one workout may be great for one person, but not for another. And so, uh, you know, honestly, the, the, the ability to tailor make uh, a workout for somebody and, and I want Jeff to tell us about how he how he takes someone from point A to point Z. But but ultimately looking at their lifestyle, you look at, you know, what what kind of job do they have? How much time do they have? You know, are they are they have they only done cardio their entire life? I mean, and, and those are the kinds of things that um, I think that. You know the the chain gyms are great to if you have a workout in place and you're and you know what you're doing and you can go execute it. But um, you know the the natural inclination is to walk into the gym and and hit the cardio machine and call it a day. And and so I'll let Jeff talk about what he feels about that. But uh, I don't. Do you even have cardio equipment in your 
building? Um, we have some self-powered stuff, but yeah. not just a few pieces. Yeah. So tell, I, I want the listeners to hear, you know, <laughs> kind of what, what you do in your initial assessment and then how you, you take that, um, to, you know, form a, a program for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's really what I'm known for. And, uh, that is, I love strength coaching. I love seeing people, but I'm a numbers guy. It's not a good idea. It's not, you know, we think you're getting stronger. If you're doing your job and I'm doing mine, the numbers will always dictate that, which I really like that. Um, when we go through an assessment, a client comes in, they say, Hey, you know what? I'm looking for this goal here. So we sit down we do some goal setting. And when I use the word goal setting, a lot of times people say, I want to get bigger, you know, smaller. I want these things to happen. You know, the joke is it's January. I want six pack abs. You know, I hear that. But I really try to be honest with people because I don't want to be, I want them to be proud of themselves 90 days down the road and look in the mirror and say, hey, you know what? I'm doing something great. So I really try to break down what that would take. And is that realistic for their lifestyle? Is that, is that a realistic goal? And why do they want that? Is that something just society says you should have? Or is that going to make them happy? And most of the time, we come up with a different goal. Because the workload is amazing. I mean, I have two of my female coaches that work with us. They are awesome they are absolute rock stars. They look amazing. And we had some females come in this week, and they'll look at them and say, I want to look like her. And I say, do you understand what she does? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, is a, it is a commitment. They're like, I'm like, she has children. She works full time. She helps me all the time. And uh, they have events, you know, family. And But what is that going to mean for you? And they look at me and they say, that's probably not realistic. Great. Now what is? Right. So we yep. go through all that for them. So now they're getting excited because they realize, you know, we're telling them the truth. It's not just telling them what they want to hear. Then we go through some orthopedic assessments. I want to identify where the problems are at, if there are. We try to be proactive. Um, if we don't get a referral with someone that has an injury, that, that's babying an injury. Um, we look at posture, how their core is functioning, all these things. The back and forth in the industry right now is functional testing versus orthopedics. And uh, without a doubt, it's a lot more work to test everything and measure everything. That being said, I use both programs. So we use the functional movement screen, which is a point system, and I can see how they're moving, and does that match with all the orthopedic testing? Because now we know that that's the truth. And then I start from there. We build a plan with their goals in mind, but we do the first phase is always what we call a general prep. They're still going to work toward what they're looking for, but I'm making sure that when we transfer over to strength training, they're safe, they can move well, they feel good, and they're happy. So we do about 50 different tests for all that kind of stuff be it um, uh, different types of body, uh, body fat with uh, programs that we use for hormones. I mean, it's pretty intensive. Um, but that's why I think we have such good success because um, I've found so many things and worked with so many people that have great ideas, but what's realistic for the client? Because uh, they always say paralysis by analysis. So I do all the testing, then we just work on one or two things, and then they feel a lot more successful. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the, obviously, the things that you see with folks is that if you can't, if you can't build something that's sustainable, yeah, then they may they may drop fifty pounds and look great for twelve months. Right. But if you know, if if they're working eighty hours or hundred hours a week and you know don't have the ability to do all the meal prep and all that stuff, then you got to figure out ways to help that person find find their happy place without you know overdoing it. Because you can you can you know I could I can go on one of those you know, fads where I'm meal prepping, but I, I can't sustain it. You know, mm-hmm. when I, you know, when I get called in to go do something or I have a late night and, you know, or you're in the operating room all day, it's not like I can call time out and um, go eat some veggies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I wish I could, but it's not the reality. So 
I think that's the that's the important part is finding a way to give those folks a, a way to sustain it. Well, and that's a, that's such a big part too, right? Because you can be in the gym and you can be sticking to a regimen. You can be there every day for a couple of hours a day, but if you're not taking care of yourself out of the gym and if you're not putting the right things into your body, it's not going to matter, right? And, and I imagine that that's one thing that you need to get through to people as well. It, it's not just showing up here and putting in the work here. Mm-hmm. You need to be committed away from here. And I know that's part of the wellness nutrition aspect of of what you do and, and what you offer to your clients as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, um, I tell them they got 165 to 167 hours without me. <laughs> I mean, I can help them when I see them. But, uh, and we do check-ins a lot and really try to stay on top and help people and uh, depending on what their goals are. But it's all-encompassing, right? It's, uh, you know, people are shocked to hear, like, you know, when I ask them the next morning, how'd you sleep? They're like, you're not worried about how I ate. I said, no, you have a fat loss goal. Sleep's more important than nutrition. And they, they're completely surprised by that, on how that uh, works. And absolutely, nutrition has a big component. Um, we try to make things really simple when it comes to that, though. I actually study disease and uh and how those things manifest, and our our nutritional protocol is how not to get that, which ironically decreases stress and inflammation, and you lose weight. So it's a win win for everybody. So explain um, what explain what you mean by that. Just kind of a, a general overview. So like inflammatory foods, and I don't have them counting calories, doing anything like that. That's more time, more stress, as Dr. Young said. Meal prep. These people are busy. They don't have time for that. We talk about you go out to a restaurant, right? Uh, if they don't have uh, healthy animals, get a fillet. Because they don't have any fat. We know fat stores toxins. That's why when you get a massage, they say, drink a lot of water. So same thing for the animals. But if it's a grass-fed ribeye, we know that those fatty acids in there actually help correct cholesterol. And if you have less cholesterol, you have less inflammation, you're going to liberate fat easier. So it's it's takeaways that they can actually do and be uh, and be successful with. So what are the, mm-hmm. what are the, I, I read about this stuff all the time, and <clears throat> inflammatory foods. I mean, obviously, you know, you know, Sugar is the enemy right now in pretty much every diet. But what are, what are some other ones that might surprise people? Salmon. Really? If it's a farm-raised salmon, which now they, they don't have to tell us anymore. Right. But if it's a salmon that does not say wild-caught, that ratio is approximately 20 to 1 of omega-6s, which are pro-inflammatory, to omega-3s, which are anti-inflammatory. If it's a wild salmon, it's inverted. That salmon will actually help you get healthier. People are always freaked out by that. You got to be kidding me! I eat salmon all the time. Right. Yeah. And how's your goals coming? I can't lose a pound. Yeah. It, it is really that simple. Um, we look at things like in, uh, like you know grains and things. We know that those can be a little acidic and a little inflammatory because we're eating a lot of those and not a lot of vegetables. So things like that. You know, I always joke with the clients that they feed it to an animal to make them fat, and you eat that, telling yourself a different approach or a different idea will happen. You, you know, the proof's in the pudding. Right. If that if your ideas were true, you wouldn't be here seeing me. What about veg? Is there any vegetables that uh, you know in general you try to have folks avoid? So we break it down. We try to really get people. We try to get people in a position to where they can eat whatever they love and never have to worry about a problem again. So we try to create what's called metabolic flexibility. You know, the ketogenic diet is really popular in that. All these, all these great ideas, in which I love. I, I try to learn from all of them and implement them where necessary if I see it works. But, uh, um. Like eggplant? So nightshade vegetables. Yeah. Is, that would be one of them, eggplants and things like that. Um, I love that I plant. don't <laughs> – yeah, I don't rule those out for people unless <laughs> unless we know definitively that that's a problem for you. That's something to where – you know, here, really, I mean, is eggplant going to kill you? 
if everything else is perfect and that's the problem of the day, you're going to have a great day. Right. If that's it, you're going to have a great day. Let's do, let's let's hit, you know work on the offenders. So and that's why we try to really you know really focus on keeping things simple. I always tell people the more I learn about nutrition, the less I tell them, because hmm. it just be, it just becomes too difficult. And we want to keep things simplistic because that always brings results. What's the biggest myth that people have, or, or how do they get bogged down? Is it agonizing over my fitness pal and counting every single calorie, and then? freaking out because you went over this day or you, you know, needed to eat late this day? Is, is it that almost sometimes too much information is detrimental? 100%. Yeah, if you, if you feel like you're not having success and you're always failing, you quit. Yeah. No, nobody wants to feel that way all the time. You know, you're doing something. When you, when you take time out of your day to be a good example for your kids, for the family, and you're working on your health, and these are things that our human body is just supposed to do. This isn't like special stuff. We're supposed to move a lot. Um, it's a, it's, it should be a great experience for you. You should feel good. You should look in the mirror and be happy. But if you're, if you're really worried about every little thing, it is really hard to find success because life's too tough. There's too many obstacles and roadblocks. And so it's, it's about coming up with countermeasures for those. My packet I give clients, literally it's thick. And I give it to them when we first meet and we go through the coaching session. I explain all the results. I explain the plan of attack, what we're going to be doing, the recommendations, what I see they can start working on. And they're called action items. Um, it, it's, it's a whole bunch of great things that are just tips on what to do. And they just work on one check mark at a time. They just Today we're going to work on water, the type of water and how much you should have. The next one, let's get into vegetables. The next one, things like that. So it's about just, just developing habits and developing things that are going to make you feel successful. What do you mean the type of water? Type oh, of water. It's a big thing right now, Chris. It, it, it's it, please enlighten me because <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm being, it's, it's, I think I'm being good. I'm filling up my bottle at the Culligan <laughs> cooler uh, in yeah. the in the kitchen, but at the gym I'm filling it up at the water, water fountain. fountain. So explain that at home I'm filling it up from the tap. Right. So uh, water is really interesting. I get this all the time. Well, I use which I, we we may not have. Amazon coming here, but I did read that St. Louis tap water is on the up and up. Oh, good, so good, go. good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been number three in the yeah, nation. Yeah, it's good. That's the argument. Yeah. People say, well, it's number three. I mean, number three compared to what? Right. Like, yeah, number three, I mean, it the doesn't Mississippi matter. Mississippi River? Yeah, right, number three compared to what? So it's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, I always really get into people different. Uh, I didn't know this uh, was a big thing right now. It's, it's really popular. Yeah, okay. Well, you're supposed to drink half your body weight in ounces a day on average. Yeah. Okay. There's a saying I was using with clients that one of my mentors uh, I got from him, and it's the solution for pollution is dilution. That's a surgical thing, too. There you go. <laughs> that's, how we like prevent, that's how we prevent infection. Nice. <laughs> so the thing is, is if you're taking in chemicals that aren't good for your body, yeah. okay, and there are actually a list of them called obesogen, that, obesogens in tap water, statins, jet fuel, all these things they see in tap water, they can't get out right now. Jeez. You're drinking that. And, you're, and your idea is I'm going to get healthy. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. So we really talk about using different types of filters, you know, putting lemon or lime in there for detoxification and it tastes better, a little bit of sea salt um, just to get some more minerals repleted, things like that that are just super easy and over time will make a big impact on them. Yeah. So, so what's something – so obviously like if you're at home and you're not drinking bottled water, like buy a Brita – Buy but, a Brita. I mean, just keep it simple. Yeah. Buy, I mean, And just it, throw that thing in the fridge and then you don't the even fridge. have to worry or about use the, the, you know, use What's the your take on the – Alkaline water, like alkaline this flow water. water stuff. I got, I got, a, a, yeah. So the 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 thing is, if you read on this, it's pretty interesting. You can buy them in bottles, and they'll say, you know, it's this pH, it's great for alkalinity. Um, but most of the papers that I've read, you can't, it can't keep that long. It changes. 
So, but there's machines you can buy, and I actually got into this a while ago because I'm always wanting to learn and see how it goes. And uh, and it changes the alkalinity, and it's supposed to make the water molecules smaller. They get into the cell. That become that that there for the average person. They don't. They don't need to know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, no way, yeah, yeah, they don't need. That is, that, if that's what we're working on, they're already at the epitome of health. But if you if you go to Whole Foods right now and you go <laughs> to, uh, you know where the, you know where like the lunch food is and the the to go foods, um, they got a huge section of water, and now if you look there. You will see all of these alkaline, mm-hmm. you, high they pH waters. They're called flow waters. There's, there's various types. I mean, it's a huge. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. I laugh about it, but if I go to Whole Foods and I make a salad, you can't get just a bottle of water. You can't get Dasani or Aquafina. No, it's or, all fancy water now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Walk out of there, haven't spent $29 on lunch. Yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing that a lot of people, you know, don't talk about too much, and there's, there's some medical stuff on it as we. The fluoride content in our water. I mean, there are a lot of communities that are are, you know, shutting down how much fluoride they're they're putting in the water. Um, there's just a lot of unknown variables with, with fluoride too. You, you read if if you just Google fluoride and and look at some of the stuff that's out there, it makes you stop and think for a little bit. Uh, there's it's association crazy. with thyroid dysfunction and. Um, just things that you know you go through your life, you just don't ever even stop and think about it, but. I think there's there might be some merit to it. Well, if you read like the history, like I want to know why and where it came from. Is it somebody's idea? It was actually waste from aluminum processing. They would just throw in the water back in the day, and they would be like, "Oh, you're fine, drink it," and it just stuck. There was nothing that like fluoride's good for you. Uh, and I've uh, and this hasn't. I haven't uh, verified this, but I've had a coach tell me once that uh, you can actually read on the Dental Association. It says that fluoride should only be used topically on teeth. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that you know, we, we're drinking it, we're putting it on our teeth every day. Mm. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of things that we just do. You know, you don't really stop and think how they can how they can affect you. So, mm-hmm. when you are are working with clients, do you find that the work you've done? Did, are you a teacher as as much a coach right now, or are you mm. as passionate right now about and just what we've talked about in the last 15 minutes about passing on knowledge as, as much as you are passing on whatever you guys are doing that day in the gym. And how do you see that rub off on people? Cause I imagine that's gotta be as impactful as seeing someone make strength gains is seeing them make gains in, in knowledge and, and the knowledge of what they're putting in their bodies and what they're doing every day. Absolutely. People call me and say, I'm looking for a personal trainer. And I'd, I'd say, well, I'd like to correct you there. We do personal training, but we're coaches. And that's why I put strength and wellness. Or mentors studio. too, yeah. Absolutely, it's going to come down to everything. I mean, we have people bring their kids in to talk about nutrition. I mean, it's a big deal on what we can do. We just had a kid come in yesterday, but absolutely. So, an example was a couple of weeks ago. I literally stopped the whole gym and made everybody come over to the mirror, and I drew something that one of the, my coaches I'm working with right now. How he explained how motor units work. This isn't a big deal for the listeners, but it, it is if you're trying to get strong and understand what that means. You know, like you have to push the threshold to get tissue to change. It isn't just because you're moving around five pounds. That doesn't mean it's doing anything for you at all. So I re- just wrote a picture out and showed them how this works and where it starts to work. And I literally got like five text messages the next day. I can't believe. Thanks so much. I mean, I shut it down. Everybody had to come over. Things like that. That was like something. And in, in, in that week, all of our females grabbed heavier dumbbells. Yeah. And, and Doc, I imagine, too, that. You know, whether it's the pro athletes that you've 
worked with, and you think about even 10 or 15 years ago, it was, you know, burgers and beers and guys ripping cigs after games or maybe during games. Mm-hmm. Even some of the youth athletes, I imagine that kids now that are teenagers or, or younger, if they're suffering traumatic injuries and they're recovering from an ACL or, or whatever it might be, just the resources and if their families are putting the right things in their bodies, I imagine that that is just light years ahead of where the recovery was in recent years, and that's all stuff outside the gym. Yeah, I mean, especially I have a teenager at home right now, and I mean, you know, knowledge is power, and 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 when you get, we spend a lot of time with our patients trying to educate. I want my folks to understand what's going on, what we're working on, if it's a surgical problem, what we're fixing, how we're fixing it, and then ultimately what they're going to need to do to recover from it. Because I always tell folks, you know, a surgery may take an hour, an hour and a half to fix your ACL or your rotator cuff, but mm. but ultimately you're going to spend, you know, a thousand times that working in the rehab to get your strength and get your function back. And we try to explain about just that process. And, and a lot of folks will say, well, okay, why am I in a sling right now? Or, or you know, why, why am I not working on getting my strength back? You said I needed to work on getting my strength back. Well, you can't do that until you get your range of motion first. And then once you have your, your shoulder moving correctly, then you can work on strengthening it. And so, and that's, and that's what I think speaks to the sustainability of what Jeff does too, is that if you go to the, if you go to with your trainer and the trainer says, okay, you know, five sets of this, here's your weight, hands you the weight, literally puts the pin in the thing for you and then you pull the lap machine down and that's great. And then you walk out of there and you go about your, your day. Ultimately when it comes time to transition or you can't find the time to get over to just place all the time, you don't know anything about what you're doing. And so if you teach people how to exercise correctly and teach people how to, how to, how to manage, um, and how to do it from a, um, in a mechanically correct way, then they can then they can sustain it and they can do it on their own. Because I mean, ultimately, you know, Jeff, how many people? You know, you, you start with someone. I don't know if you've ever looked at this, but how how long do people stick in in sort of the fuel realm? Like, would you say? I mean, hmm. is it is, is it most We're, people stay for a year? Do they stay for? I'd year? say seventy five percent of our clients. I mean. Five years plus. Yeah. I mean, I got people eight and wow. 10 years. Do they yeah. go from, let's say, they, do they go from working with you, I don't know, three times a week to checking in with you once a week? or Absolutely. Something of that sort? Things happen. You know, we have, it goes both ways. Yeah. It just depends on what's going on in their life. Right. You know, they might have switched a job. There might have been a, a loss of a job. You know, it could be all those types of things. So it really depends on what they're looking for. And that's what we do as coaches is the number one thing I just tell them when we meet is, you need these things to happen. Here's how much that's going to take. And they say, wow, I don't know if I can do that. I said, then you can't do that. If that's your reaction, because that, that's going to add stress to your, your body, and that's not what we're about. Right, it's counterproductive. Yeah, yeah. counterproductive. We're going we're gonna to find a solution that works for you. So it's really all over the board. How about as far as the news cycle right now, and for both you guys, healthcare and what folks are able to do, especially, Doc, post-surgery and trying to figure out a way to make it work for people to not be a detriment to them physically or financially as well, because that has to be taken into consideration and trying to use creativity. I know that's a word that, that you use a lot, Doc. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just gotta be tough. It's everything's being pinched. Right. And, and so 
when you when you bring about um, a attempt at a universal health care coverage, um, you know the bottom line is, is that people have to make cuts. Um, and getting insurance is is great, but then the next question is, well, what kind of insurance are you getting? So, you know, at times we'll be really put in a um, backed into a corner a little bit because we'll see folks that have pretty significant injury, and then their insurance plan may offer them ten physical therapy visits or something. You know, I mean, and you, if you operate on someone and and do a complex reconstruction of their shoulder or their knee per se, and they get ten physical therapy visits, they might actually be worse if they don't don't have a means to continue on their own or, or uh, access other avenues. And so, you know, I think the average copay, let's say for someone doing physical therapy in most insurance plans probably hovers between 20 to $30, probably and some folks may go up to $50 a visit. And so I'll let Jeff talk about his model, but that's part of it is, is figuring out a way for someone who's knowledgeable about, you know, injury rehab and injury prevention who can sort of take the the ball and run with it. Um, so we see a lot of kids, especially with ACL reconstructions, who they max out their physical therapy mm-hmm. visits. They're not ready for sports. They're not ready to go back. They're in your office staring at you like, well, what are you going to do about it? And so, you know, we that's why Jeff and I work together is, is, you know, he has a model which we can hit a reasonable price point, basically equivalent to physical therapy for those kids. And, and get them that final conditioning that they need that they used to get with their insurance plan, but they don't get it anymore. Yeah. Um, so exactly what you're saying. So what I tried to do when we developed uh, Fuel is uh, design something where people can see me more often because if you can see me more often, you're going to have better success. That being said, so what we developed is uh, customized group training. It's not like you have to bring your friends in with you. You guys are doing a boot camp style. Everyone does their own customized workout. We've done all the testing. The write-up, the plan is yours, and you work with a coach. When we do that, no more than three or four people are able to work with a coach at one time because it is still personal training, and uh, people seem to like that a lot. I let them know, hey, you know what? You can see me three times in a group cheaper than you can see me one time one-on-one. Now, if I have someone coming in and, you know, Dr. Young sends somebody over and they, they're post-op, I mean, or they're, you know, have no awareness of their movements and I see that there's a problem. They might have to work with me by themselves a couple of times until we build some confidence. And then I always recommend sliding them in because it's unrealistic to think that you're going to be doing that kind of, spending that kind of money for long term. So then how are you going to hit your goals? Because if our job as a coaches is to get you there, how does that happen if you can't, if you, can't you know, provide the means? So that's where we develop the, the uh, customized group training. And so all of my coaches will, uh, we all do that. It's it, and it's a great time. It's not like CrossFit or something to where it's a competition. Everyone has their own plan. They might, I'm, I mean, we get a lot of low back people. They might have a guy on the floor doing cable work because um, he's got a, a couple level herniations in his disc. I might have an athlete next to him that's working on something. Everybody helps each other out. It's a really amazing atmosphere. I'm super fortunate. I mean, the people, the people talk to each other. They share recipes about each other. How you been? What's going on? It is. It is something that is extremely unique. Yeah, a lot of people are intimidated by group workouts, but I think Jeff has that down to kind of an art form where you're you're kind of cohabitating in a room and you've got a lot of eyes watching you. And I think that's one other thing I want Jeff to hit on before we before we end too is it is super important when you're working out or even learning how to work out 
uh, entrained is doing things in a functionally correct position um, and breaking down the movement so that you're not just grabbing 25 pound barbell and doing a bunch of leg lunges incorrectly. You know, it's really important what position you're in and seeing how you're moving. Because from an injury prevention side, training, especially athletes, is we spend all of our time trying to teach them how to move correctly, how to jump correctly, how to land correctly. Those are the kinds of things, you know, we see it, probably the, the one that's talked about the most is the, the teenage uh, soccer players. Uh, the, the, the females versus the males, six to seven times the rate of, of ACL injuries. And a lot of it just has to do with they jump a little differently. They, 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 they're a little bit more knock-kneed. And so having someone become aware of how they're moving and how, what they're actually doing when they work out. So Jess is, he's got a big open space. He's got a lot of folks there with eyes on everybody, making sure that, you know, you're not cheating when you're working out and you're maintaining your postures and those kinds of things. So um, I know you guys have all those, you know, bars and things that you, you put on people's backs just to kind of tell the listeners kind of what some of the things that you guys, you know, how you, how you assess that. So, um, through the testing. Yeah. Like yep. just, just in terms of keeping their posture correct mm-hmm. and how you, you know, mm-hmm. how do you educate on that and, and, and things of that sort. So you're absolutely right. We have a, uh, a bunch of different dowel rods and stuff and I try to show them where like, uh, you know, neutral is and they have to learn it and it takes time. Um, uh, you know, with shoulders, all those types of things, because they 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 think they are really doing it perfectly, because they're doing it like they've always done it, and your body learns patterns. So we have to re-educate them on those things. So I got a lot of little tools and tricks that we use for that, um, that really helps them. Uh, it, it's not like an aha moment, but it's pretty close. Like whoa, like maybe maybe this is why I, you know when I wake up in the morning every you know every morning my shoulders aching. You know we're doing we're doing things incorrectly. So we actually look for that and see what they're ready for. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, if you ask me who I see more in my office with sort of postural disease, meaning you know, they may get rotator cuff tendonitis, mm-hmm. they're actually typically the folks that are sitting at a desk, mm-hmm. and they're you know they're hunched over their desk all day, and so if, you know they're not they're not the carpenters and, and the plumbers who 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 is what you would typically think. Okay, well they're going to wear out their rotator cuff or what have you. In fact, I see more people just day to day pain because they're sitting in the posture. Sedentary, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, your core strength and, and, you know, you think you're sitting, sitting up tall and and you're still totally hunched over, but you don't know any different. And so part of what Jess program does is that they're really sort of that body aware, you know, keep people thinking about their posture and how they move. I think that over the course of this podcast, uh, a cool way to end it as we try to teach and the name of the podcast is, the smart podcast doesn't have to be industry specific. It can be bigger picture, but give our listeners uh, the best piece of advice you've received. The most functional piece of advice, whether it's you know straight down the line or if it's a little off the wall, something that you constantly remind yourself. Just just share something with the listeners, Jeff. Uh, it's actually going to go on just what uh, Dr. Young said when we look at his sitting. Most people sit for work. I tell everybody, stand up for work. See, in a simple thing, you can start tomorrow. <laughs> it, is, it is super impactful, especially statistically. Harvard did a huge study on this. I mean, you know, NASA did it. You know, sitting is the new smoking. It is really, really amazing. The production, the less sick days. People lose weight standing all day. It's crazy. 
Um, but that's how our bodies are designed. And that, don't and don't smoke while you're sitting. That's probably, probably, probably <laughs> that's a good idea. Double whammy. Double whammy. <laughs> Jeff, if people want to get in touch with you, um, if they want to check out what you guys are doing mm-hmm. at Fuel, uh, give us the info. What's the best way for for folks to to see what's out there and see if it's if it's a good fit? Uh, FuelSTL.com. That's our uh, website. We got videos on there to kind of show people the the program, what we're looking for. Um, you can. Uh, I have people text me all the time. Numbers three one four six six two four three eight six. If you got questions, I'm available all the time. We're coaches. Um, I'm not off the clock. If people are going out to eat, they text me. They're at the grocery store. They text me. Don't wait until you see me. Ask me when you have a question. Uh, those are the two best ways, right there. And stand up. Stand up. Text me while you're standing. <laughs> yeah. Keep keep them moving. Jeff Brock, appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming by. Hey, thanks for having me. That's another edition of the Smart Podcast in the Books. Again, if you have questions, comments, anything, don't hesitate to drop us an email, smrtpodcast at gmail.com, smrtpodcast at gmail.com. For Jeff, for Dr. Jason Young, you can find him again at jasonpyoungmd.com and at Advanced Orthopedics at 8225 Clayton Road. I'm Chris Raby. We'll talk to you next week for another edition of the Smart Podcast. Stronger, get on the